Gatun, good evening, North Swim, good this Eagle Eyes on deck. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today. Windows 11 finally admitted by Microsoft that it is a real thing. It's not going to be called Windows Sunny Coast or whatever. Some of the other ludicrous big-brained dinguses out there tried to say it was going to be honestly those were th- those were some of the dumbest reports i've ever heard i can't remember who originally said it but like the, the, those you know, just sunny cove really <sighs> yes who else wants to get on board for windows sunny cove because there's one thing we need in our lives we need uh, Microsoft to copy Apple and their terrible operating system naming scheme. No, it's going to be called Windows 11. And we will discuss all the details about what was announced, what wasn't announced, because the stuff that wasn't announced is far, underline, far more interesting than what was announced. First, a little something that was actually tipped off to me right before the start of the podcast by our community. A backdoor in mobile phone encryption from the 90s is still around. This story comes from the Rub News from... I'm not entirely certain which country it is. I want to say it's either Germany or the Dutch. I'm I'm thinking based on some of the language used in the menus, I want to say Germany, but I'm not going to All right, chat chat is confirming for me it is it is Germany. That's one thing I always get mixed mixed up, but I digress. That that's that's going down to a rabbit hole of my inability to understand all the way all nations work, which I think if I ever did fully understand how all nations work, I think I would go mad. Not that it's a bash on any other nations, it's just that there's a lot to keep in mind. Just... God. In any case, a backdoor in mobile phone encryption exists from the... from the 90s. The article reads as follows. A research team has discovered a security gap in modern mobile phones that is very unlikely to have been created by accident. In fact, it should have been removed back in 2013. The encryption algorithm GEA-1 was implemented on mobile phones in the 1990s to encrypt data connections. Since then, it has been kept secret. Now, a research team from the, I'm going to mispronounce this, the Ruhr Universität, Universität, Boschum, or rub which we are going to say from here on out because rub is infinitely easier to pronounce than my inability to pronounce german together with colleagues colleagues from france and norway has analyzed the algorithm and has come to the following conclusion <laughs> the, the same person in chat that helped me confirm it was in fact journey is just like yeah you're not even close to which i say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> GEA-1 is so easy to break that it must be deliberate, deliberately weak encryption that was built in as a backdoor. 
Although the vulnerability is still present in many modern mobile phones, it no longer poses any significant threat to users, according to the researchers. Let me interject. The main reason for that is that, um, for the most part, we are we have moved so far away from that kind of mobile phone technology nowadays that for the most part your mobile phone is only a few steps away from just being a computer with no other radio waves other than the one to transmit data You're getting so close that any of the old carrier waves that would have been used in the 90s to encrypt the voice analog data as radio waves is no longer used. You're getting to the point now where it's not even too long, if it, it probably already is the fact right now, that your phone just remit, transmits the actual data and just has the legacy ability to transmit and say a, a 3G or a 4G style voice transmission i want to say 5g is all digital sig signal nowadays right i'm fairly certain of that so the fact that this uh this easily crackable encryption still exists and has not been patched honestly is not too much of a surprise to me the other thing that now th they theorize that it must have been put in a, it must have been put as a backdoor. I'd say it's about 50-50 whether GEA-1 intentionally had an easily crackable encryption as a backdoor or also that they just hastily threw together something in the 90s as cell phone technology was just starting to emerge and just went, there, that's it. No one will ever crack this ever again. Not realizing frick, not even 10 years later, 10 to 15 years later, cell phones would become infinitely more complex. Heck, assuming this encryption was made exactly at 1990, we would start seeing phones become more than just a voice transmitter only 15 years later. And then, of course, with the dawn of the iPhone 18 years later, assuming this was made exactly at 1990, the entire mobile phone world would change forever with the iPhone. The last bit of actual true innovation that Apple has come up with. Yeah. Just yeah. So it makes for a good headline. But it is, in fact, just that. For the most part, this vulnerability will exist from now until the end of time. And what it'll allow you to break into is going to end up being nothing. The rest of the article then go goes in to discuss whether backdoors are necessary in today's day and age or not.
but you know that's that's far out of my league chat says what about industrial applications um a lot of industrial applications that i know of at least and granted my exposure to those sort of industrial applications is gonna be limited in one way or another they are more likely to use something more akin to a what's what's the exact exact term they're more likely to use use like low f what god dang it i i'm not, i am not well versed in this but I don't believe they actually go ahead and backbone off of, say, first generation or even second generation cell phone tower technology. They tend to use more localized radio frequencies. Like something more like a CB radio in that. I don't know of all that many industrial applications that... Because the thing is that, at least here in the U.S., the major carriers are doing everything they can to stop having that old legacy technology. Heck, AT&T and Verizon are both talking about taking down their 3G networks so that they can instead use those resources on 4G and 5G. So that is going to be a big question mark in that. Is it using industrial applications? Maybe. I don't know of any, but I admit, as far as industrial case usage, most of what I know communicates over copper. Hardwire usually is king in the industrial applications, at least that I know about. With no good way to transition, I bring you this nightmare story that this was, this is just kind of a chilling little tale on just where, how much of your device do you truly own? Peloton, who makes treadmills and other exercise equipment in their higher end exercise equipments, they completely have eliminated the just run feature from their treadmill, which means that the multi-thousand dollar piece of exercise equipment you bought that also has a giant TV built in it for some reason is completely worthless unless you subscribe to use it. So according to Peloton, and I don't care if I'm mispronouncing Peloton because the more and more I hear about this, the less and less I have respect for them. Buying your multi-thousand dollar treadmill once is not good enough. In order to just use it, you must subscribe. Chat says, yeah, that's illegal. It, it, <laughs> it has to be, right? <laughs> like, I don't know how on earth an 
any way this doesn't result in some kind of antitrust case. Like, that's going to be a case by far that is going to be looked at greatly because holy cow to completely eliminate the just let me run on my freaking treadmill feature of your treadmill it does just reek of being criminal But again, the case has to be brought forward. Now, Peloton says, here is what they are saying. That the move is related to a recall on the devices while it's working on a fix. Ah, fantastic. So... My device can be, at the company's will, rendered inoperable until they work on a fix. Could you imagine if this applied to, say, the vehicle world? Let's say for a second that actually this is a really good example. So I have an F-550 commercial truck. I know the CDL guys are going to go like an F550 is not a uh is is absolutely not a commercial vehicle. I hate to break it to you by definition it is. I know it only has six wheels, but we can move on from there just because it has what 14 we no I can't math. 12 wheels less than your rig. It doesn't matter. The point is, let's say that there is a recall. And in fact, there are three recalls on that particular vehicle that all have to do with the diesel particulate filter. But the thing runs... It's just that if a problem with the diesel particulate filter is found, I can take it to a dealership and have it covered under the recall. But until then, I'm still used it. What if Ford decided that it's too dangerous because you might not get a regen and regenerate the diesel particulate filter that's when the engine does stuff to heat up the filter and burn off the diesel soot and turn it into ash to then spew out. Because there's a chance it might not do the regen properly, we're just going to say you can't use your truck. And it's just going to sit there as an ornament until we figure it out. We'd be SOL. That's the only vehicle that we as a small business have to go transport a large amount of cargo. 
our only option then would be to have smaller vans do multiple trips which means i'm now overworking my drivers i'm now wasting additional fuel because now my trucks are going my vans are going back and forth multiple times to do the work of what one truck did and now my drivers are you know gonna be freaking exhausted because now they're putting on double the amount of time to just go back and forth and then they're also might strangling me in my sleep heck let's apply that same sort of thing to your own personal vehicle what if it just decided one morning that because you don't have a subscription that your vehicle will not start i'm sorry you need honda plus in order to drive this vehicle we just made that decision overnight I will be stunned if this doesn't result in some kind of lawsuit because just in one claim of of saying you know we're 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 shutting this down and making your device inoperable unless you pay us money because of a recall it could be well intended but on its surface it looks like awful blatant greed since now the device that you own that you have paid a a not a a fairly decent amount of money to have and now it is a giant paperweight and of course if nothing is done about this and other other companies take a look take a look at the exact same situation they might get some terrible ideas too and that is a precedent that i don't know about you but i absolutely utterly hate the idea of coming to fruition oh by the way with no real good transition to this uh prime day was the was this past monday and tuesday and uh spoiler alert the deals were awful in fact on multiple occasions our own community found that uh you could just look at the pricing chart and see that uh items were being marked up before prime day and then put on a fake sale price for prime day of what the price was originally which, by the way, that is a practice that is illegal in some countries. No word if those, if that same practice was being done in those same countries. But it's still a very, very scummy thing to do. Now, in Amazon's defense, I don't know if that was being done by Amazon directly or if it was being done by the company's that were selling the products in the first place because you have to keep in mind amazon when the day is done is a marketplace anyone can go on to amazon set up an account spend several days setting up that same account and sell pretty much whatever they want 
I mean, it's true. And in the end, those same people are responsible for what they set the prices at. One example I know that was brought up was a Western digital external device. I, th- I believe it was a uh, direct attached storage device, a DAS. That was being marked up, that was on sale for $130 and on Western Digital's own site, it was being sold at exactly $130. Classy. Very classy. So always keep in mind on when you see these sort of sales going on, do a little bit of research because you never know how much on the up and up everything is. We talked about this last week, but more and more people have been noticing what we noticed last week that uh, the graph that the graphic card scalping is starting to very slightly get better. Like to the point of a lot of these graphic cards being only marked up by 91% instead of 300%, which, although still terrible, is a good sign. A lot of people speculate, however, that it is in fact because of uh, China being forcing 90% of their Bitcoin mining capacity to be forcefully shut down yeah I think we I think that actually did break right as we were covering it last week didn't it that is starting to ring a bell although on the same note as the treadmill here is something that is a bit uh concerning Here's the headline from AndroidPolice.com. Texas residents enraged as energy companies remotely raise temperatures on smart thermostats. You want a reason to not, to just have a dumb standard thermostat and not dive into the new age? Well, here it is right here. Literally, the Texan energy companies were, were, for whatever reason, able to get into these smart thermostats and inch the temperature up. Someone in chat asks, why is this not illegal? You know, that's a very good question. I guess that's, you want to know why I think the reason why it's not illegal? Because I don't think anyone thought we'd ever, there would ever be a chance that the energy companies would decide to forcefully adjust your thermostat remotely so that your house saves energy. Keep in mind in Texas right now, it is stupid hot. We are just getting into summer. This summer is currently showing, at least here in the in most of the states anyway, to be 
a very hot one. Although in my state of Wisconsin, it is turning out to be a fairly hot one, but really, really humid. I swear, if if you told me I lived in a rainforest, I'd believe you. That's the only reason why the AC is on right now in the studio. I don't know if you can hear it or not. But it is specifically to dehumidify the air. Because it is just that bad. Out here. So, I mean, the energy company turning up the thermostat is not actually trying to force the residents to use more energy so that the the energy company can charge more money. It's to save energy. It's still awful. It is still, it's still either illegal or absolutely should be illegal. Someone in chat also points out, you know, this could also cause health issues. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone else in chat says that that over in the UK, there's been bouts of heat, but nothing overly insane. Honestly, like, we're, as far as like the temperatures here in the US, let, let me clarify something a bit. The temperatures aren't, like, that abnormally high. They're just abnormally high for this early in the summer. Like, we expect these kind of temps in July or August. We're getting these, like, mid-June. And that's what's catching a lot of people off guard. But yeah, Texas just deciding... Let's just use less AC. Okay, thanks. And, uh, hmm. Well, let's just put it this way. I guarantee you, if it's not illegal, there's going to be a lot of talks about this down the road we're gonna take a break here when we come back we still have a bit more uh interesting little concerning bits of news and then of course we have everything that was announced for windows 11 Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Now, if you thought that uh, Texan energy companies coming in to your thermostat remotely to just tweak your heat a little bit wasn't uh, creepy enough, how about this one? Google is silently pushing... COVID tracking apps onto phones in the state of Massachusetts to basically help 
contact tracing. So for those who are not in the know about this sort of thing, there are applications used for your phone that are used for contact tracing. You basically go, go ahead and if, and if uh, you test positive for the virus TM, and then you mark it in your phone, it would then automatically notify every other phone that you've been in contact with for say the past, I wanna say they do, I wanna say they do a week. Like I know it can take between three and 14 days for symptoms of the virus to show. Like that's the incubation period. But I think everyone settled on like a week as being like the strong, like a week's like the most common. I digress though. It would then notify every single phone that had it, that you were in contact with, that you might be exposed to the virus TM. Now, this is interesting for a number of points. So first off, we're now starting to enter in kind of the, the twilight period of the virus. I personally think that we won't know for certain how much of a big deal the virus is gonna be until winter of 2021. Like right now, cases at least he, at least here in my local area, you you of course judge based on your own. Cases have been at the lowest they've ever been. It does seem to be a an out something that kind of flares up during the cold and flu season. Makes some sense. So the fact that the state of Massachusetts force installs this app on your phone and using Google to go ahead and make it happen, uh, it, it does come off as uh, horrifying. Now, you can easily argue that, well, in order for contact tracing to work, the overwhelming majority of the people must have this sort of application installed. Otherwise you'll have a break in the chain and then, and then contact tracing doesn't work. I understand that, but hear me out. Let's pretend the app was literally anything else. Literally pick anything else. pictures of your ex weird dolphin stuff furry pornography a literal virus a new calculator literally if it was anything else this would be a huge deal that this that this stuff was installed using a tool in google to force push it out to a massive audience 
You have a serious problem that this infrastructure actually exists. Yeah, you can justify it right now. Because it is something like a contact tracing application for the virus. But like I just showed, you change it to literally anything else. And you have a problem. This is something I'm actually rather surprised that is not talked about a whole lot at all within the technology space. But then again, most people don't want to talk about it because it is, in fact, being used for the greater good right now. And also no one's talking about it right now because everyone is distracted with Windows 11, which is by far, without a doubt, the 11-ton dangling jing jingling key ring that is distracting all of tech. That and the F-150 Lightning. People are still talking about it. Kind of surprised by that. That being said, though, the EU is launching an antitrust probe into Google banning third-party cookies in Chrome. Now, look, I know half of you listening to this right now just heard the words EU launches antitrust and immediately fell asleep. I get that. I understand that. But this actually is... Very important, because it does bring up something that we have talked about in the past. So for those who don't know, security right now is a big uh, hot button issue. You wouldn't know it because we literally just had an article freaking 30 seconds ago talking about how Google just forced installed apps and how the Texas Energy Department went ahead and tweaked your thermostat without you looking. But right now, you have iOS la launching the ability to block tracking cookies. And Google recently wanted to go ahead and implement a new standard that would get rid of third-party tracking cookies in Chrome, which, by the way, Chrome, for those of you who do not realize, makes up literally over 85% of all web browsing traffic in the world. He says that out loud and is now entirely not sure if that's just in the U.S. or the world. It makes up a substantial proportion. We talked about in the past that Google's basically stranglehold on the web browsing market could be used to force massive change and ha and google trying to ban cookies in chrome would in fact force such a change instead google wanted to replace it with a new system a new system known only as flock 
which I already forgot what that acronym stands for. But basically, Flock, for those who do not recall, instead of using cookies to get a massive amount of data about you in particular, and get all kinds of very, very specific details, instead, it would just basically make a giant Venn diagram. Or not a Venn diagram. What's, what's the name of the diagram that has overlapping circles? That's not a Venn diagram. Venn diagram. No. No, that is a Venn diagram. I almost talked myself out of it thinking, thinking, thinking about flowcharts. But that's basically what Flock is. It's, it takes you and sees how many... It basically just puts you into a giant Venn diagram and see how many giant circles overlap you. And on its face, that sounds great. It will no longer know about all those weird things that are installed on my phone that I mentioned earlier that you're not going to look back in this podcast to see if I said or not. But there's a problem with this plan. If Google makes the standard and implements the standard, doesn't that give Google a hilarious advantage in a new world without cookies? And basically makes it the de facto stack standard for targeted advertising, giving it a monopoly on basically the entire internet's advertising? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's why the EU is launching the probe. To go, wait a minute, is everything we just talked about actually true? It sounds like it. Maybe we should look into that. Yeah, I think we should. And as a result, Google has decided that Flock is is going to be delayed until 2023. Where they can kind of flush out all the details about this new standard. So that... uh, Instead of having a total monopoly, they can just have a partial one. I actually don't know what their plan is. But it's clear that the delay is to make sure that everything is smoothed over before they put this forward. Because on its face, Flock does not sound like a... uh, It has the best interest of people at heart. Now, that being said, if you are really creeped out by... Google and their tracking and their attempt to monopolize all tracking in search. Brave has you covered. Brave, for those who don't know, first launched the Brave browser. Which was which its sole purpose was to say it's a privacy focused browser. Well, Brave Search now wants to go ahead and take on Google by being a privacy-focused search engine. Or, you know, go head-to-head with DuckDuckGo, which is the first privacy-focused search engine. Now, while Brave Search is in beta right now, it will still occasionally default to Bing 
just in case their own system can't figure things out. That being said, though, I for one welcome some more competition against Google, even if it's being dumb and occasionally defaults over to using Bing. What the heck is it with Bing anyway? I swear, it just, I get it's the, it's the next biggest dog out there, but holy cow, is Bing just bad at what it does? <sighs> Maybe one day I'll get better. But I've been saying that for the last 69 years, or however long Bing has actually existed. Now, if you weren't comfortable with uh, Google having your data, you could instead uh, participate in Mozilla's Rally. Mozilla Rally will instead use your browsing history in the name of science. Where scientists will then use that information to monitor browsing habits of everyday people at least then at least with mozilla you know your data is being mined for good question mark i don't know with the weird things that i uh, that i end up googling and searching I, I i don't know if i want anyone to see my search history. Especially since I just blurted out a whole bunch of weird stuff into a microphone. Plus, I already have this Echo Dot on my desk that already listens in when I don't want it to. But it also seems to be mentally impaired. So... Yay? With that all said, though, there is some news. A House committee in the U.S. has approved a bill that will force some major changes in the tech space. The actual antitrust le legislation will prohibit platforms like Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook from favoring their own products, which, by the way, I, I am actually stunned the amount of times I've opened up my Chrome browser recently with a new tab. I'm not, I noticed this a couple of days ago. I'm opening up a new tab and it's just like, hey, did you know that uh, our earbuds are on sale right now? Just wow. Just wow. Someone in chat pointed out that I did not mention Microsoft. The article doesn't mention Microsoft, but these, this sort of legislation, you cannot specifically have it target specific companies. You need to structure it in a way that, first off, it makes no sense if you listen to it. Because all freaking legislation must make absolutely no sense if you read it out loud in freaking legalese and whatnot. 
and then b it must cover a wad section because you go ahead and, and write up a a bill that says google cannot promote its own earbuds then you end up being taken to court for discrimination So it's going to be it's going to be broad just because the article does not mention Microsoft does not mean that Microsoft is immune to it. And then that same person is just going uh it, it is just memeing about it now. Anyway, Moving on, the legislation could even break up industry giants by forcing them to eliminate or sell, eliminate or sell certain divisions. Companies can can also face fines of fifteen percent of their annual revenue. The bill introduced by by Democrats will hear a will, will were approved in a he hearing that began Wednesday morning. Yada yada yada, and is going to be moving on for. first it's going to be moving on to be heard by the full house and then the full senate now i have not read the bill mostly because i value my sanity and any uh, let me tell you unless you are trained reading legalese will take years off your life i swear i don't know how it does it but you can just feel your brain melting reading legalese. So I'm not going to lie. I have not read the, the great details of the bill. And also just because I haven't had time because there was a whole lot of Windows 11 news to sift through. But I have a feeling just by the way... that the and i don't want to get too political here but just by the way that the current senate doesn't want to like play nice at all i i would be surprised if it gets past the the threshold to end debate in the senate that's just my guess i'm not going to say much more than that but just by the, cur the current political climate, I do not believe it's going to get very far. Which is a shame, because some of the stuff that's going on with a lot of these bigger tech companies is just getting to the levels of being absurd. And some more looking into this sort of stuff does need to happen. What also needs to happen is Western Digital needs to look at what in the flying flock is going on with their my book live nos devices so get this the my book live and the my book live duo are external hard drive devices in fact they are marketed as, as nasa's network attack storages that uh will just because they're connected to the internet just decide you know what Having data is overrated, and it'll just erase itself and force itself into a factory reset. Western Digital uh, says that owners of these devices currently should not connect them to the internet, despite the fact they are network-attached storage devices. 
and wait until they are able to figure out what a fix is. Apparently, these drives are compromised by malicious software and can be triggered remotely. And then, of course, you might ask, well, Eagle, what are your thoughts on this? To which my answer is, ah, you thought I was crazy. You thought I was crazy for, for making my, my own server rack and personal cloud. You all laughed at me for dedicating an entire room to freaking 10 storage servers. But now who's laughing? <laughs> I showed you. <laughs> Don't do that, by the way. What I, what I am doing with, with my thing is complete overkill. But it is uh, kind of concerning. And you should, in any case, if you really do want to make sure that any data you have is securely backed up, always, always, always have more than one backup solution. You have a Western Digital My Book Live. You have a... Oh, that's great. Go get another one from another manufacturer and have it sit next to it. Just in case. For bonus points, have it in a remote location. So if your apartment catches fire, you don't lose that data too. Or floods. Or whatever. And no. Getting the My Book Live Duo which has two hard drives in RAID 1, so you have a layer of redundancy there, is not two backups. Redundancy is nice, and RAID redundancies are nice, but that is not a backup solution. That is an extra layer that makes it a better backup solution. Everyone got that? Good. Now... Let's talk about another. How the heck did that happen? Someone in chat says raid equals less downtime, not a backup. That is actually a fantastic way to look at it. That is the best way to look at raid. Marvel's Avengers pushed out an update that, for whatever reason, exposed everyone's IP addresses to each other. So for whatever reason, if you were playing the multiplayer version of this game for, for I mean, first off, why? Second, if you were playing it, you would just see their username and then their IP address next to it. Uh, Square says they are going to be releasing a patch and odds are by the time that you hear this, it will already be patched. 
But it just kind of comes off as just weird. Really, really weird how a modern game kind of does that. <laughs> Chat's asking him good questions. How did this get past QA? And QA, for those who, who aren't aware, is uh, quality assurance, or also known as playtesting. That is a very good question. How did that get past QA? Oh, man. Marvel's Avengers... It's just... I don't know what it is with Square Enix and Marvel, but they get along like water and oil. It is just staggering how bad these uh, these Marvel products tend to be coming out of the Square Studio. It's just... Yeah. I, I would not recommend to play on that. I love Square, but man, they they need to stop it. Just just stop. All right, and before we get to the next next break, and I swear Windows 11 news is coming up. I think it actually is even the next story in my pile. It is. Before we move on, Steam is going to be having a. Well, here's, here's the headline. Steam region change now limited to enforce regional pricing. So this is basically, this is, I, I don't really know how to look at this. I want to say that this appears to be Steam's way of trying to get around VPNs. Because Steam's kind of in a, in a weird spot, right? A lot of games want to make sure that only certain versions of the game are sold in different countries. Why is that? Because certain countries only allow certain other kind of things that uh, that can be sold there. Like you can't have certain imagery there. So this appears to be a change, at least to me, to try and get around VPNs, trying to get around them. It's, it looks like a state of cat and mouse. Someone in chat says, demand how far this goes. This goes against the EU. Well, probably. <laughs> You'll know next week if, if I lead off with. The EU launches a antitrust probe into Steam. Well, we'll see how this goes for Steam down the road. For the most part, I suspect if you just go ahead and you just buy games as you normally would, this probably won't affect you. 
but if you do try to go ahead and get get around that sort of thing this might be a, a barrier that might be a bit obnoxious we're going to take a break here when we come back windows 11 everything you need to know Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Chat is someone in chat just said Windows 10, the shortest OS in recent memory. Windows 10's been the only OS in recent memory. <laughs> Windows 10 probably is like one of the longest lasting operating systems for uh what actually lasted longer? Windows 10 or Windows XP? I think it's still Windows 10. Seven? Seven actually did last. Okay, well, seven last, seven to me lasted the longest because Windows 8 and 8.1 were a myth. Windows 8.1 to me, 8 and 8.1 was just like, we made a phone operating system, but you can install it on your on your computer if you want, if you're really dumb, I guess. And then everyone installed on their computer. Like you could lie to me and tell me that Windows 8 was intended for a cell phone, and I'd believe you. Did eight get an end, end date? Yeah, eight got an end date. So as we talked about last week, uh, Windows 10 did officially get an end date. Uh, official support for Windows 10 ends in 2025, specifically April of 2025. So for those who are just like, I want to stick with Windows 10. Well, I mean, you're going to get official support for another four years. People are asking, what's the shortest Windows out there? It's ME. Windows ME by far was the shortest Windows out there. It was only in circulation for what? Six months? And then people were just like, ditch it, ditch it, get rid of it, bury it. We must never speak of this again. Just make it go away. And then they released Windows 98 SE. Someone in chat says, I could have swore uh, Windows 2000 was after ME. Because I thought it was 98, 98 SE, then ME. And then they like very quickly like spruced up Windows NT to then release it to the public as Windows 2000. Just like, oh. Saved it. But, you know, I'm just going off what I barely remember. I was just a kid back then. But in any case, enough of history. Let's look to the future. Windows 11. The, I'll, I'll just say this much. 
Microsoft. Whoever planned out your announcement, do not, under any circumstances, let them plan out any more announcements ever. Just, just don't at all. The actual announcement itself was literally useless. Because all, all the announcement for Windows 11 was, was a sales pitch for Windows in general. Literally 80% of the features that were announced for Windows 11 were things that already existed in Windows 10. But for the most part, here's what you need to know. By default, the start menu will be positioned in the middle instead of on the left. This is because someone smoked too much of the good stuff and thought that your icons on your taskbar and your start button should be closer to the middle to be closer to you. Which honestly might be fine for say a tablet or a phone. However, before you immediately see that and go, thanks, I hate it. Well, happy trails, everyone. Windows 10 for life. You can move it so that it's positioned to the left. Just like as it is on current, well, pretty much Windows since 19 always. Now, the UI itself is very much has a uh, frosted glass-like look to it. They're kind of leaning further away from the very basic sort of metro look that they first introduced in 8 and everyone hated, and they still stuck to their guns on it for reasons that cannot be explained. Yeah. So they're definitely putting more work into having the operating system look like an upgrade rather than just look like solid colors that could have been done in MS Paint. Now, recently in Windows 10, you remember that uh, news and interest tab that you went ahead and right clicked your taskbar, went to news and interests, and then went to turn off? because you were sick of, st of looking at a little section on your taskbar that showed you the weather to a place that was inaccurate? Well, if you loved that, good, good news. Windows 11 will have a little widgets panel that is very much uh, iPad OS inspired that uh, will update itself automatically using AI TM. Yay, that's, uh, that's great. In addition, for whatever reason, your taskbar cannot be on the top or side. I, if they actually stick their guns on that, I will be stunned. That seems like such a massive, weird move. to forbid the start the taskbar to go anywhere but the bottom of the screen but that is what we currently know 
That will probably be patched out later, I imagine. Now, on top of all this, oh yeah, the icons are kind of updated with a very frosted glass sort of look. Uh, the live tiles are gone. And nothing of value was lost there. Widgets are back and are on their own panel, like I mentioned earlier, with the news and weather and whatnot. And probably one of the bigger things they promoted. Since Windows 7, you have been able to take Windows, Windows as in, when you know what I mean, actual Windows on your operating system, and kind of snap them into sections. Well, in Windows 11, you can customize how they snap. And Microsoft says that this is something that has never, ever been done before. Never before you've been able to customize the way you can automatically snap Windows and customize it. To which, of course, I am stunned, utterly stunned, that somehow Microsoft has not heard of Linux. <laughs> Someone in chat made the exact same joke. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, that just kind of came off the, wait, what, really? Even I know Linux can do that. So we have that. Now, a lot of the changes that appears to be going on is going to be under the hood. Apparently, Windows 11 is going to be offering some big performance improvements over Windows 10. However, these performance improvements will only be for more modern hardware. This would support such abilities as, say, your graphic card being able to directly access the storage rather than having to go through the CPU and adding additional latency in that regard. Okay. As well as also better efficiency for future big little CPUs. So like right now, the only big little CPU that exists that isn't an ARM processor is from Intel. Big Little, for those who don't know, is basically a CPU that has a set of low-power, high-efficiency cores, as well as high-power, high-performance cores. And then it switches back and forth based on what it needs. It brings drastic... And I do mean drastic power savings rather than taking the high performance cores and trying to downclock them enough. But right now, the Intel ones have been lackluster. And now people are starting to suspect that Windows could be to blame. <laughs> Chat's getting ahead of me here as far as some, some of the stuff. 
But that's what's all new in Windows 11. But there is some stuff that wasn't talked about. For starters, this tab, which I just talked about, there's first off the compatibility. The compatibility is bizarre. First off, it requires a trusted platform module in your system. Now, for the most part, just about every system in recent memory has a trusted platform module in it in some way, shape, or form. Yours just most likely isn't activated. It basically could be just as simple as going into your UEFI or BIOS, if you still call it that because old habits die hard. Not that I would know anything about that. Okay, yeah, I still call it a BIOS. And enabling it, or just enabling something called Secure Boot. <laughs> Chat's getting ahead of me. <laughs> Chat is still getting ahead of me on this. You will need, according to Microsoft, a CPU that has one gigahertz or faster with at least two CPU cores that process at 64 bit. You will need four gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> I'll believe that when I see it. And you need at least 64 gigs on your storage device. Now, that is not to say Windows is gonna consume 64 gigs. Most likely, I'm willing to bet Windows 11 is going to only take up 30 gigs, but require the extra space for updates. Also, you should not be cutting it that close on a computer ever. Yes, someone, someone in chat asked, wait, did they actually kill 32-bit? Yes! Processor, one gigahertz or faster with two or more cores on a compatible 64-bit processor or system on a chip slash SOC. 32-bit. If, if, if you are trying to get away with running Windows 11 on a Pentium D. Actually, you're still fine because I'm pretty sure the Pentium D actually was 64-bit. Now that I think about it. Was there ever a, a dual core 32-bit only processor? There had to be, right? I guess I can't run this on my dual Pentium 3 socketed system. I think that's the only one I can think of that's dual core, but only 32-bit. I thought the uh, early Pentium 4s were 32-bit. Were all Pentium 4s 64-bit? It doesn't matter. You want to know why it doesn't matter? Because here's the fun one. 
I was right. The early Pentium 4s were only 32-bit. Again, almost irrelevant. I don't... Just because Windows 11 finally killed 32-bit, I would say life killed 32-bit an eternity ago. <laughs> like, if you were running Windows 10 on a... Heck, try running YouTube on, like, a 1.6 gigahertz Pentium 4. One of, like, the really early ones from 2002. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Okay, there's no... Okay. Right, ch chat has, has a point. There are some people use, still using 32-bit, and it's usually for legacy operations. But then again, those same people are also not going to be looking at Windows 11. But now here's the fun... Here's the fun bit. There are people that have dug into this and saw that... Uh, The recommendation from Microsoft for Windows 11 is actually very specific. They specifically say for the CPU, you should be using an 8th generation Core i-series processor or a Ryzen 2000 series CPU or higher. And if you're using AMD, AMD Threadripper, Threadripper 2000 or higher. Well then. Now, of course, the requirement of the trusted platform module, that raises a lot of eyebrows. Because, let's be honest, let's be perfectly honest, you go ahead, and I tell you, you cannot install this without a trusted platform module, and you went ahead and built your system, the first thing that's popping in your head in, well, I never installed a trusted platform module. Or the first thought that's out of your head is, what in the fart is a trusted platform module? I am willing to bet at least... What would you say? You think it's over or under half of the people who use their computer or built their computer have no idea if they have a trusted platform mo module. Chat says well over. See, I was about to say that too. 90% or more. <laughs> the thing is that all a trusted platform module for the most part actually means is that in your BIOS, secure booting is enabled. Your motherboard most likely has a trusted platform module built into it. But of course, ignorance is an amazing, is an amazing ability. Chat says I am incorrect in regards to that. That is not what I've heard. So if that is incorrect, then I have heard wrong. But to my understanding, the trusted platform module is something that is built into the chipset, both on Intel and AMD for the past 
God, for a while now. I Now, let me rephrase that. Certain low-end chipsets of Intel that you should never use because Intel low-end chipsets are awful. Do not have it. Chat says since Haswell for the most part. The TMP is a black box store, store, store and generator for cryptographic keys. Yeah, but that's been built into the chipset. You can, however, get separate TMP devices. That is a thing you can get. You can go ahead and get what are called ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Oh, they actually are just called TMPs. I thought they were something specific. You can get TMPs that just plug into, I wanna say that's a USB 2 header on your motherboard. It looks actually a little different. Or has it just been so long I've lost track? Regardless, you can just get these things. I've been calling them TMPs, haven't I? Okay, someone in chat actually did confirm what I thought for a second. It is on a special header only. I apologize. TPMs, trusted platform modules, not TMPs, which also stands for Trivia Murder Parties. They can plug into a special slot on your motherboard that are specially keyed, but look very similar to a USB header, but the pin pinout is a little different so it won't fit. These used to sell for $15. But now, of course, because we live in an, in an era where no one, where logic, logic went out the window long ago. Someone in chat says the header itself is smaller as well, which of course I can't tell because I'm looking at a picture with no banana to scale. So that that's on, I blame this picture. I'm not going to take the blame on this. I blame that picture that no one can see because this is an audio podcast. These TPMs sold originally for about $15 and are now being bought up and scalped for over, for as high as $100 on eBay. All right. Let me give you some advice. Do not, under any circumstances, buy one of these on eBay. Okay. Do we understand each other? Do not buy a TPS. No. No, a TPM. Frickin' acronyms, man. Do not buy a... <laughs> Do not buy a trusted platform module on eBay, please. I blame chat. Most likely, your motherboard will support it, assuming it is 
recently modern. I actually need to go ahead and check. I actually need to check to see if my systems actually do or don't. Because that's the thing, right? It's easy to say, hey, look, if you got Intel 8000 or newer, you're fine. But at the same time, when you got a system like what I've got here, which run on Xeons, a little bit more research needs to be done to see where exactly it falls in the line of what is and isn't supported. Someone in chat asks, would the chip shortage forget these as well, uh, affect these as well? Um, not really. The thing is, is that these are really a legacy product and are being built on a not as, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? The technology used to make a trusted platform module would not be on a modern chip manufacturing process. So you'd be using like an older sort of, uh, what's the right word? You're basically foundries that are kind of considered obsolete because they build on a higher nanometer than what's considered normal nowadays. It could just do it on that. And on top of that, since they're such a low volume product, one factory making, you know, a couple thousand of these, just like that's it. So it's just, yeah, don't worry about it. It's this sort of thing is not going to be affected by it, especially since first off, your motherboard needs to have a specific socket on it to even use a TPM module. You need to first make sure it even has that. Then second, you need to again check to see do you even have TPM built into the motherboard originally? Then you don't even need to worry about it. Someone in the chat says their Sandy Bridge board, board has one of those. Well, there you go. Didn't someone mention earlier they think they're SOL because they have Ivy Bridge? Dude, they'd be, they'd be set. They just need to wait for uh, scalpers to realize, oh, whoops. So yeah, it might not be... Like, of course you hear, oh, hey, look, you need... Intel 8000 or newer to use Windows 11 because of the TPM. There is still hope. Chat also says that the socket is standard. So that's good. We don't have to worry about about uh, one manufacturer using something di different and all that jazz. Most sockets on the motherboard are fairly standard. I would say what 80% 80 to 90% of the connectors on a on a on a motherboard are standardized. 
Like the only slot I can think of on your average motherboard that isn't standardized nowadays is like Asus and their Dim Dot Two weird card that they build into their motherboards, and that's about it. Or unless you're Dell and make abominations of motherboards. But now here's some of the weird stuff about Windows 11. There is going to be an updated Microsoft Store, which maybe, just maybe, will go ahead and actually have content on it for once. And, you know, Epic Games and Apple just went to court over this about what percentage of the revenue is kept. Well, Microsoft, because they have nothing to lose, is letting developers keep 100% of the revenue unless they're video games. And also as long as they use their own commerce engine. So, yay? It does give them the Microsoft's letting developers keep 100% of the revenue, even though it's with 28 asterisks behind it. Well, you know, that's it, it is what it is. But of course, the fear that with the focus on the Microsoft store coming out, that in fact, there'd be a push to get platforms like Steam and Epic Games off. Well, Microsoft has come out and said they want to go ahead and... They want to see Steam and the Epic Game Store on the Windows 11 Microsoft Store, trying to extend an olive branch, if you will. That could be something. We'll see how that goes down the road. Chat actually remind me of another requirement that Windows 11 wants, and it's kind of bizarre. If you're using Windows 11 Home, and I want to stress, this was something that was found on their FAQ specifically for Windows Home. You are required to have a Microsoft account. Which seems really bizarre to me. But if you have a pro, uh, if you if you have Windows 11 Pro, supposedly, that's not going to be an issue. With that said, I would like to know if Windows 11 Pro will be able to choose when their updates happen. And not be forced in the middle of a broadcast to install an update and they have 15 minutes or else it's, it's taking your whole thing hostage I've never actually had that happen to me but that is still by far my biggest fear
Honestly, I wouldn't mind the updates so much if it didn't ruin all the settings for my audio devices. That is by far the biggest thing that ticks me off about every single time Windows 10 did an update. It would just brick the entire audio setup and I gotta go in and reconfigure everything. Which is even worse if you only have 30 minutes till stream time. By the way, fun little thing about the Epic Game Store. Epic has uh, launched an easy anti-cheat uh, tool that uh, developers can use, and it's for free. I cannot wait for it to turn out to be a hot mess that doesn't work, much like the Epic Game Store. All right, now that we got that out of the way, the other biggest news that I am actually legitimately surprised on the number of people who are actually excited. Microsoft or Windows 11 will be able to run Android apps on Windows 11. As long as they're from the Amazon App Store. I get that there is a desire to say like, oh man, I really like that app on my on my phone. Now I can have it on my desktop too. That's really convenient. That's really helpful. Is it? Is it really? Now granted, having the native ARM emulation of doing that is useful. But uh, we're going through the Amazon App Store for starters, which... Uh, uh, yeah... You think we could go do literally anything else? No? Okay. I mean, the Amazon App Store has never been, like, wanted. Like, at all. So, I mean, it's okay. Now, people have been speculating on Twitter that you should, since there's native ARM emulation and that side loading and circumventing the Amazon app store should be possible. What people are saying in the chat right now is correct. That is some thoughts that is, that has been going on. However, I also want to remind you that, uh, you see, I don't know if you know this, but Android apps are intended for fingers on a desktop and on a laptop. You have a mouse. There is going to be a bit of a translation problem there. And some of the apps are probably not going to function as you'd expect. Now, you know what this actually does help a ton with? Windows tablets. This could be big for Windows tablets. I think that's where this is going to make a big deal. Assuming you want to actually put up with the Amazon App Store. 
That's the other big yay. I just realized I had a duplicate, uh... Do I have a duplicate tab in here? I think I do. It doesn't matter. We're just gonna close out our Microsoft block here with one... Actually, no, I do have a couple more things. Now, one thing to also, also point out with Windows 11 is that this is just the announcement right now. Windows is expected to launch, or Windows 11 is expected to launch towards the end of 2021. So we'll see, you know, what ends up happening. I personally would not update any of my machines to Windows 11. Oh, I actually forgot. I actually forgot the biggest, the most important thing about Windows 11. We do not have a price yet on Windows 11. We don't know how much the operating system is going to cost new. We do know that Windows 11 is free to upgrade from Windows 10. So if your device currently runs Windows 10, it can it will be able to upgrade to Windows 11 for free assuming you reach the system requirements. So and as some people have mentioned before and someone in the chat has, has now mentioned, the price for Windows Windows 11 is most likely going to match the cost of Windows 10 since well a smart person would just go ahead and if Windows 11 was more expensive, they just buy Windows 10 and then upgrade it for free. Now, here's what I'm going to be doing. Here is my own personal plan. I currently have... Uh, and this is going to sound shocking. Excluding the data center, I have four Windows machines. I have my streaming rig. I have the gaming rig that's also part of the streaming rig. It's a separate tower. I have a Windows tablet that I use for taking notes while at work, as well as any other small bits of computing on them on the go. And I also have a big, fat, thick 16 pound mobile workstation laptop that if my streaming rig ever did go down would cover as my streaming rig and could be my streaming rig on the go as well on launch day I am only going to upgrade one of these computers only one the rest are not going to see Windows 11 for at least a year. I'm going to be actually upgrading my gaming PC to Windows 11. Nope, not the tablet. The gaming PC. The tablet, unfortunately, I use 
way too much at work for actual important stuff. And then the mobile workstation laptop, that's my backup. I am not going to go ahead and install experimental software on my backup. My streaming machine, it's my main workhorse. If that goes down, the podcast and the streams just don't happen. The only machine it makes sense to upgrade to Windows 11 is either A, a virtual machine, or B, the gaming PC. Because if anything happens with the gaming PC, I can always just go grab the laptop and just plug that in and game off that too. I'm going to go cold turkey on PC games for a year. <laughs> yes, chat. That, that's what I plan on doing. No, we'll give it a try. The thing is that of all the PCs I have, the easiest one to recover is the gaming PC. Because that's just a matter of just... If the OS on it died and I had to reinstall, it would be back up and running in about an hour. Because there is so little on the gaming PC. By the way, in other news of you might be too successful if Microsoft reaches the reaches the 2 trillion market milestone. That means that the company is now worth 2 trillion. That does not mean they have 2 trillion sitting in their bank account. Chat says Microsoft may be aggressive about users upgrading. Oh yeah, they will. They absolutely will be. Microsoft was that aggressive about using Microsoft Edge instead of anything else. Of course they're gonna go ahead. And and say like, have you upgraded Windows 11 yet? Have you upgraded Windows 11 yet? Here's bonus points for you. They will upgrade you to Windows 11. They will go ahead and start um pushing you to upgrade to Windows 11, even if your machine can't handle Windows 11. I guarantee you that's going to happen. There's actually a decent chance that secure boots not even enabled on my, uh, on my gaming PC. Now that I think about it. Chat predicts that home users will be forced for forcefully upgraded within three three months. I want to predict against that, just because I would assume Microsoft learned their lesson the last time they tried doing that. But there's a flaw in what I just said. It's Microsoft learning from their mistakes. And they just don't. All right. I think, is this my last Microsoft news? No, I have one more. Shifting away from Windows 11 for a bit, Microsoft appears to be rolling out Xbox Series X server blades for their cloud gaming setup. So they seem to be getting closer and closer to getting ready to have their cloud gaming dream get out there and on the road just in time 
for GPUs to be available and thus cloud gaming being a dead dream. But here's the real thing. I, I is, is it bad that when I saw Xbox Series X bla server blades, my first thought was the Xbox Series X tower, except made way thinner and way longer and just basically looking like a giant pole. For those who have never seen a blade server, they are first off some very fascinating tech just by how densely they are packed. They basically look like a really long computer, but are very narrow and are just slight and are just like a little bit, uh, well, blades always vary based on who's making them and the, and the chassis for them. But they're usually like about a foot tall. Like an inch or two thick. Usually an inch. And like... What? Four feet long? But it's a Series X, so it has to be the same... So it's got to be a square at the top. It's just going to be like a long cute, a, a, a long uh, prism or something. Now, one thing that actually is a big question mark in this from a hardware perspective is what the actual hardware of these Xbox Series X server blades are going to be. The obvious... Uh, suspicion is that they're going to be running on either amd epic or amd threadripper in addition to their radeon pro cards but i do recall way back when when microsoft was first teasing the xbox cloud gaming service this was before the time of the virus tm that they were going to go ahead and actually put the actual Xbox Series X SOC into each server node. So that would be pure Xbox hardware running off that. I don't know if they have faltered away from that claim or if I had a fever or if I caught the virus back then and had a fever dream as a result. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure this announcement was made 70,000 years ago based on how long 2020 has lasted. And that chat actually did point out one thing as, as to why that original claim might have changed. That claim, like I said, was originally made first before 2020, before the vid. But doing that now means that there's less of that SOC to go into Xbox Series X's. Right now, there is a global chip shortage. So there would be a massive benefit to switching off the actual Xbox Series X SOC and using something like an AMD Epic with a different graphic card. I don't know, though, because no one's talking about it. 
except for IGN. And I trust IGN to actually get details correctly about as far as I can throw the AC unit next to, next to them. I would say how far I could throw IGN, but I really don't want to touch them. Despite the fact that I end up using one of, one of their uh, articles. Now, finally, before we get to our final break, I want to present you with this little uh, weird story. Microsoft is detailing the first trio of designed for Xbox monitors. Okay, so we now have monitors that are specifically designed for the Xbox. I have a question. Why? Isn't the whole point of a console to just hook up to your TV and play games easy peasy done? Well, what about the game, the streamers who go ahead and want everything to be pristine and have the best experience possible for their viewers? You, you mean the same streamers that refeed the whole, their whole signal from the console through a capture card so that it's not the same signal being passed through? Yeah! Ooh. On top of that, why are we calling it designed for Xbox monitors? They're TVs! Literally, the three monitors TMs appear to be TVs. And if they're not TVs, then holy cow, we have some really big monitors here that are rated for a console. I'm annoyed by this. I am more annoyed by this than I should be. Like th this whole concept just like, it shouldn't bother me, but it does. It's like, why, how, what? We're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we got our final stories, our strange ones, as well as some interesting AMD news. Of course, High Fidelity FX came out. What the heck does that mean? And what did I just say? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, AMD has officially released their Fidelity FX Super Resolution, which we will call FSR until I get sick of saying S F F. I already can't say it. So Fidelity FX Super Resolution is basically AMD's solution to what DLSS is. What is DLSS? DLSS is NVIDIA's way of taking a lower resolution rendered game and automatically upscaling it to a higher resolution. 
NVIDIA solution supposedly uses AI cores. So their solution is only usable on their more advanced GPUs that are theoretically available to buy, but in reality are rarer than unicorns. Fidelity FX Super Resolution works in a similar way, except it does not require AI cores on the GPUs. In fact, Fidelity FX Super Resolution, if you have an AMD GPU, it's just free performance that has basically been enabled as long as the game supports it. Now, that is the key right now. Not many games are supporting Fidelity FX Super Resolution because it's only been launched right now. But in what tests have been done, this is just basically free performance for your AMD GPUs for free. It's not even a software you need to buy. It's just there. And is able to work back cards as old as... As old as the RX 580. Oh, well then. Now, their own internal graphs are claiming that you can see up to a 2.4 times performance boost. Okay, then. Someone in chat says that apparently the NVIDIA 900 series also works with this. I have heard something similar to that, but I haven't found much data on that. It's not that it matters much anyway, since, well, as far as we can tell, this this is only supports Godfall Epic. I'm sorry, Godfall, the Rift Breaker, and Terminator resistance like those are three games that amd is showing off graphs for i am 90 percent certain those are the only three games that actually support it right now but still free performance is in fact free performance now with that said though amd is dropping support for their older dedicated graphic cards their some of their older apus and windows 7 support someone in chat says there's like nine games well if you're a fan of one of those nine games actually wait there's a tab here that just says games So right now, according to AMD, it is supported on, after actually looking at the tab, Godfall, Riftbreaker, Terminator Resistance, King's Hunt, which is apparently one word, so it could be King Shunt for all we know, Evil Genius 2 World Domination, 22 Racing Series, and Anno. Those are the ones it currently supports. It will also be supported down the road eventually TM on Aster Goes. Baldur's Gate, Dota 2, The Edge of E... Wait, Dota 2? Who has trouble running Dota 2? 
You could probably just lie to me and say Dota 2 supports Fidelity FX Super Resolution. We'd never know! Edge of Eternity, Far, Far Cry 6, Farming Simulator 22, yeah, okay. Forspoken, Hired Gun, Mist, Vil wait, Mist? What year is this, Mist? Mist? Has 2020 clear ma made a time singularity? Is Mist new again? I, I, this can't be the original DOS Mist, right? This has to be a newer version. When did they remake Mist? Resident Evil Village. This game with, with a very Japanese looking lo logo that I cannot read because I don't know Japanese and the word is actually said in English under it, but it's so small I can't read it. And Vampire Blood Hunt. Someone in chat says Mist released a 25th anniversary edition a few years ago that has all the games. But does it have real time ray tracing? Mist. It's just Mist. I'm 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 blown away by the fact I see Mist on a list of upcoming supported games. I want to know who's 580 can't run Mist. I want to know who's 580 can't run Dota 2. Well, then someone did say it does support the NVIDIA 900 series. Maybe someone's NVIDIA GT 910 is struggling to run Dota 2 or Mist. Someone in chat says, don't forget the 460. Oh, no one cares about the 460 because apparently AMD doesn't either. Oh, I should clarify, the Baldur's Gate is in fact Baldur's Gate 3. It's just that the 3 in the logo blends in perfectly with the, the rest of it. Uh, someone in chat did give that, uh, did the, that. Oh, apparently the 400 series is supported. It's just that AMD's graph doesn't want to mention that. Well, actually, wait, of course the 400 series is, is supported. The 500 series is the 400 series. It's all the Polar... Actually, wait, it would be all the Polaris GPUs, isn't it? How many generations did Polaris go over? It might even go further back than the 400, actually. If it's just supporting the Polaris architecture. We're getting distracted with this. But yeah, AMD gives you free performance. But they also dropped Windows 7 support as well as legacy support. That being said, Google is making a big pitch for their new Wear OS, TV, auto, and tablet media apps by reducing its commission. So their platforms always had a 
they always took a cut. We've talked about talked about this before. It used to be 30% of whatever revenue was made on it. It is now being dropped at, on these various platforms as well as Google wants to make a big, big push to not let Apple have a complete monopoly on, you know, TV, the auto, tablet. I mean, Google's been irrelevant in the tablet market for the lo- for how long now? How long have Android tablets been pretty much irrelevant in the tablet market? And the funny thing is, is that the Android tablets are considered the number two option for tablets. And pretty much if I go to you say, hey, you want an Android tablet? You're like, eh. no. And they're the number two option. They have just always been lackluster. And then Windows tablets, I mean, only crazy people get Windows tablets. I mean, it's true. Thus confirming I am crazy. We do have a leak showing a Galaxy Z Fold 3 and a Flip 3 some renders of that these uh i'm not gonna lie the the z fold 3 looks pretty normal uh the flip 3 the flip 3 is the one is you remember the motorola razor how motorola tried launching relaunching the razor but it turned out to kind of flop because it cost about as much as a used car well samsung did that as well with the with the flip but theirs was lackluster their new one does have a bigger outside screen and more cameras and that's all we can tell so far by their pictures the z fold we see it has a stylus most likely you're gonna have a bad time with that stylus here's the thing here's the problem with a stylus on a samsung folding phone Do you know how much pressure is required to permanently mark up a folding phone display? To put in perspective, your fingernail can cause permanent damage to a foldable display. It's not going to kill any pixels. It's not going to cause you know, chunks of the screen to die, but it will put a permanent dent in the screen that will never, ever come out. Now put that to a stylus. I don't care how soft of a rubber tip you put on it. You're going to put permanent marks on the inside of that screen, but they show in this leak a stylus next to the fold. I think that is a terrible idea. I would only use the stylus on the outside. Inside, never. Absolutely never, ever. Especially on a phone that is inevitably going to cost $2,000. 
I want to pretend I live in a world where the where the fold and the flip are going to be less expensive. But I'll call it right now. The fold's going to cost $2,000 and the flip's going to cost 1500. I don't think they're going to drop the pricing at all because all Samsung has been doing has been increasing their own prices. It would not surprise me at all if these phones got more expensive while having less features because that has been the the pattern that Samsung has been following lately. I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong, but let's be honest. I doubt I'm wrong. And I have a feeling you doubt I'm wrong either. And that is a shame. What's also a shame is that John McAfee, the absolute lunatic, unfortunately passed away in a jail cell in Spain by suicide. John McAfee it was the founder of, in fact, McAfee Antivirus. Surprise, right? And um, needless to say, he has, uh, in recent history, he has been quite a bit of a, uh, what's the right word to go about it? Because you don't want to speak ill of the dead, right? Like, that's, that's disrespectful. But at the same time, I mean, the guy's been, you know, out there with a lot of claims in recent history. Now, the report says that it was a suicide after he was uh, going to be extradited to the U.S. for facing tax evasion fraud uh, uh, claims. Already, and chat's already memeing it up as a result, already people are saying, it was no accident. It was no suicide. It was just made to look like a, like a, like a, like a suicide. It, it, it's, it's all a play, man. I'm not going to dive into any of that lunacy. I am just going to go ahead and report the news as we know it as of this moment and then move on to the next story which almost might be more depressing Hyundai now owns Boston Dynamic Boston Dynamics for those who don't know are the makers of a lot of the uh the robot demonstration videos and also is the company that made spot the robot dog well Hyundai now owns them and all I can say is but why Hyundai really why what is Hyundai gonna do with them So, I don't know. We're going to see how that keeps going. 
Someone in chat says, wait, the U.S. military gave them to Hyundai? I don't think the U.S. military owned Boston Dynamics. I think there was a contract with the Department of Defense and Boston Dynamics for some for some military grade spot the robot dogs for to be used as scouting and terrain vehicles i think but you know it's been a while i don't recall the exact details With no good way to, sh to shift gears, I bring you Tesla unveiling its new supercomputer that it absolutely ha that it absolutely did need. Why do you ask? That it's going to be used to train their their own self-driving AI. Okay then. Well, good luck with that Tesla. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have very little faith in uh tesla's ability to manage a supercomputer because first off it is being run by a crazy man who keeps pr promoting joke uh cryptocurrency successfully and on top of that um i want to know how the ai is going to train so many other cars that do it all locally as far as i'm aware and then, of course, there's the biggest elephant in the room with this supercomputer. I can't help but notice that all of these uh, server racks are only half full. That is by far the part about the about the this picture of the data center here. That is their new AI powered supercomputer. These racks seem only have four to five for you servers in them at a time i i mean most likely that this is just a stock photo used by electric here so it's you know it's it's just a random stock photo but these are the real ones what the heck the fifth most powerful supercomputer Frickin' only half full. I'm just saying, it sticks out like a sore thumb. What the F, man? Sony has relist Cyberpunk 2077 with the with a warning that your base PS4 is not recommended to run Cyberpunk 2077. So Yay? So Sony and, and Pro Project Red CD made up. That that's good. That brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Nvidia has created a canvas app that turns your doodles into AI generated photos. So, apparently, with this new app, you can just go ahead and uh, just doodle up whatever the heck you want. And the AI will go in and do everything it can using the, the latest buzzword, AI, 
to generate it into as as a into a as photorealistic of an image as it possibly can now the ai is trained specifically for landscapes as people in the chat start asking about what a, what a, what about <laughs> what about other things i think that's when we can go ahead and train this ai to be improper see that's the key because soon the ai will take over so what we need to do is we need to train the ai to be incorrect right is that what our object is but how long is it going to be until people start posting fake AI generated images on Facebook and say, man, you know what? You know what? Being here was just great. Just absolutely great. And the place never existed at all. Now, with that said, this could actually be really good for, say, oh, some great in indie game design. There's some, it, there could be some interesting uses for it. But for now, it is still much more fun to say, how can we go ahead and ruin this today? Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb, B-I-R-B, briefing. And also in many, many other outlets for podcasting. There's a bit of a problem right now. Uh, with distribution, we are working on it as quickly as we can. But uh, you can always find us at, at the Anchor sites, anchor.fm, earlier briefing, and anchor.fm, Eagle Eyes on Tech. And take out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and hopefully we'll catch you next time. So how long un until uh, not safe for work artists get their hands on this and just go ahead and see what kind of fresh nightmares they can create in landscapes or just watch the AI break entirely throughout this whole thing. I mean, granted, it's available right now as a free beta, but it does require an RTX GPU. So it might as well just not even exist.